Welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a review and a rating. Uh, we do podcast each and every day, Monday to Friday, uh, minimum three times a week at least. Uh, and today's podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Uh, so we got a couple of things that we got to talk about today. So yesterday we spent a pretty good time talking about just the defensive additions and pretty much TJ Brody and Bogosian and what that means for the defense going forward. We didn't really get to talk about the other depth forward positions that are additions that were signed by the Maple Leafs. So we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about that. There's a couple other rumors that we got discussed today. Uh, the Leafs also did make one more signing. Uh, that just came down just a few moments ago, actually, before I hit record. So we'll talk about that. And then I'll talk about kind of what what else needs to be done this offseason. You know, I don't think that they're done. I think there's a couple other things that need to happen. There are still a couple RFAs that need to get signed. And, uh, and and you know, we'll, we'll go over some of all that um, in due time. But let's just talk about today's news. So just before, literally, maybe 10 minutes ago, as I was finalizing the notes for today's show, um, I get a I, I get an email from you know Lee's PR saying that the the Maple Leafs have signed goaltender Aaron Dell to an eight hundred thousand dollar contract, just a one year deal. Uh, so he's going to be the third goalie, and it's interesting because uh, you know we're going to get to you know things that I believe that the Leafs need to do this offseason. And one of the things was I thought that the Leafs needed to add a third goalie. And I thought that um, you know just for well, first and foremost, Casimir Kaskasuo gone, Hutchinson gone, and then you're sitting there, and your only player <laughs> uh, or your only goaltender going forward is going to be Joseph Wall as your third goalie. I, I don't, th- I don't believe that is a recipe for success because if either one of Campbell or Anderson go down, I, I don't want Joseph Wall to be, uh, you know one play away from from having to be in the crease in the in the National Hockey League. So they go out and they sign a guy like Aaron Dell and he was really the guy who I actually was saying is a player I believe that the the, the Leafs could go out and get. Seriously. I, I kid you not. I had him in my notes said Aaron Dell. He's a guy who last year I kind of before the trade went down when we you know before the trade for Jack Campbell went down we were discussing some options that they could have go out and, and try and get and one of those options that I had said was Aaron Dell. Uh, he was a player that was well his his number his cap was expiring or his cap. <laughs> his contract was expiring. He was on the San Jose Sharks who were not a very good team and it just seemed like a fit. I really thought it was just a fit. You know, uh, a guy who's played multiple seasons in the NHL. I'm just pulling up here. The last four years he's played in the NHL. He's been he's been not bad. Like over a hundred games played in in the National Hockey League. Uh, taking a look at his stats, his his best season was actually his first season in the NHL, where he played 20 games with a 2.00 goals against and a 9.31 save percentage, and it's kind of just gone downhill since then but he's a guy who just as your third goaltender 
I like it. I think that he's somebody who can definitely come in should an injury occur, which obviously we hope does not happen. But should an injury occur, um, I, I have more faith in, in Aaron Dell, who's played at the National Hockey League level, than a guy like Joseph Wool. So uh, it's just depth. That's all it is. It's a depth signing. Hopefully he doesn't even have to play a game in the NHL. But it's just the fact that next season could be very compact. And we, I think a two-goalie system is going to be more useful next year than ever. And if one of those goalies go down, then that third goalie is going to be kind of thrusted into more of a timeshare than than you would hope out of your third goalie. So I think that this is a good signing by, uh, by Kyle Dubas, something that I believe they needed to get done. And they waste no time. They could have went well into the offseason uh, and just kind of let the cards fall out. And uh, didn't happen. So that was today's signing. Uh, there's also some rumors out there. Apparently, there was some mutual interest between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Joe Thornton. Yes, Jumbo Joe Thornton. You know, 10 years ago, if that were the rumors that I was hearing, I'd be much more excited. Even two years ago, back when the the Leafs were talking with both Thornton and Marlowe, and you know Marlowe decided to come, Thornton decided to stick around in San Jose. I, I would have been super stoked to hear about that two, three years ago. But but here we are. You know, it's 2020. He's 40, what, 41 years old, I believe. Let me just quickly check. Yeah, 41 years old. Um, you know, a couple of down years. Um you know, coming off a season where he had just 31 points in 70 games. Now, obviously, for any player, like a regular fourth liner, that's good. That's great. For a guy like Jumbo, that's not what you expect. And, you know, 41, it's, it's. I feel like it could get worse. You know, like the, the play could just deteriorate even more. So, I, I I'm not sold on this signing if it were to happen to be quite honest with you I think Joe Thornton um, you know his best days are certainly behind him but most importantly like where does he fit is he going to come in and be your third line center I don't know like at 41 can he kind of keep up with the other guys like he's not a very fleet-footed character if you know what I mean like he's kind of slow He's not somebody who I'd want as like a shutdown in a shutdown line. So then I think that cancels him out of the third line center role. So then you move into fourth line center and then you look, okay, yeah, I guess you could, I could see him as a fourth line center. Um, he could compete with Spezza and, and Pierre Engvall, I think right now is kind of penciled in, but then you said, okay, well, what are you going to do with Engvall? And, and maybe if they do acquire Joe Thornton and they sign him, which I assume would be to a league minimum deal, you know, under a million dollars, like all these other contracts that are being signed, then they would probably have to move on from Engvall, to be quite honest with you, unless they plan on splitting Joe Thornton and Jason Spetz's time together because they kind of play a similar role. They're not the exact same player, but, you know, they're both... Not the the fastest skaters. I wouldn't want both of them on a line together, to be honest with you. Yeah, they're both smart players, and and they've had their time to be quality NHL elite talents, but they're not that anymore, unfortunately. They're fine. They're serviceable. But the Maple Leafs are a cup-caliber team. They have Stanley Cup aspirations. I don't know if having two guys like that on one line 
is going to be a recipe for success. So, you know, they kind of already have their Joe Thornton in Jason Spezza. So if they all along planned on reaching out to Thornton, why would they bring back Spezza? It doesn't make a lot of sense. So this is going to be an interesting conversation that goes down between Thornton and the Maple Leafs. Because to me, it comes down to role. He's a guy, clearly, he's he's chasing a cup, he's chasing a ring, still hasn't got one, and he must believe that Toronto has an opportunity to win. Plus, he's an Ontario kid. I believe he's from, what, St. Uh, Thomas, just outside of London, Ontario. So rather local, just a couple of, couple hours west of here. But is there a fit? I don't know. Tweet at me at the show at Locked on Leafs and let me know your thoughts on Joe Thornton because I'm I'm split. I would love to bring him in just because of the name Joe Thornton. I've always wanted him to be a Maple Leaf, but I'm just not sure, man. At this point in his career, the way that this team is going, the way that the lineup shakes out right now, it just might not, you know, pun aside, it might not be lining up the way that we once thought it may line up for Jumbo Joe and the Maple Leafs. But uh, that's the rumor out there, and we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see if it happens. If it does, I'm not going to be upset because at the end of the day, it's going to be a league minimum contract, and if he doesn't produce and, you know, he turns out that he's just, you know, over the hill and and not ready for, you know, to be a, a quality quality player on a Stanley Cup team, odds are he might end up getting buried or that's the end of the road for him, and he rides off into the sunset. We'll see what happens. Um, We'll talk about some of these other depth forwards and what this bottom six is going to look like with a couple more signings that they got. But before we do, let me tell you guys all about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and to choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. But first, I want to tell you guys all about Built Go. It's the Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's metal or a physical wall. Break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you. The Built Go combined energy gel with collagen protein and the collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into the system fast plus it's easy on the stomach collagen promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health this stuff literally makes you look better 
Visit BilkGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. You can get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off BilkGo.com. Let's go. You're listening to the Locked On These Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, your host of the program. Uh, let's talk about some of the depth signings that were made this week in free agency and, and throughout the, the course of the week um, back starting on Friday all the way through to today. So we already discussed Aaron Dell, a goaltender, going to be a third goalie, good depth signing. But there's been multiple depth signings for the Maple Leafs and acquisitions as well with with the trade, bringing in Joey Anderson, another guy who's going to vie for some, you know, fourth-line minutes. But the big one, obviously, I think is Wayne Simmons. $1.5 million contract on a one-year deal. Supposedly left money on the table to sign here instead of Montreal, which, swing. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, that's a great signing. Like at one and a half million bucks for a guy who may play your third line, may play your fourth line. You don't really know exactly where he's going to play. But I think that he could be a third line right winger for this team. Why not? I really do. So to me, uh, I thought that was a good signing. He's going to come in, probably play on the power play as well. He's going to kill some penalties. He's going to be feisty. He's going to bring that that heaviness, that sandpaper. He's going to be tough to play against, which was pretty much exactly what Kyle Dubas said he wanted to do. He wanted to make this team tougher to play against. And that's what we get with Wayne Simmons. Is he the Wayne Simmons of old? No. Is he going to go out there and pot 25 to 30 goals? No. And at $1.5 million, you're not expecting that anyway. What I find interesting is, like, I believe that Wayne Simmons will be on the third line. Third line right wing. That's kind of where I have him, him penciled in as of now, uh, barring any other additions to the lineup. And if that's the case, that means he's essentially taking over Kasperi Kapanen's role, which I find fitting because although Wayne Simmons and Kasperi Kapanen are two different players, I find that they're going to play a very similar role. You know, guys who who are a little bit of agitators, Grit, sandpaper, which is something that Kasperi Kapanen really started to show in the second half of the year. You know, somebody who can provide a little bit of, of offense, probably not as much offense uh, as as Kapanen would be able to provide. A guy who's a, a fringe top six guy. I don't think Wayne Simmons is that anymore. But he can give you 10 to 15. You get a guy who can kill penalties on the, on the PK and someone who can play in, in the second power play. So he kind of slots into that Kapanen role despite not being the same player that Kapanen is. But as a third liner, if they want to deploy this as kind of a a, a defensive unit, I think that Simmons actually may fit even a little bit better. The age is concerning just because he's up there, and, and you never know what you're going to get with guys who are, you know, into their mid-30s, whether or not they, you know, this is this the year that he falls off a cliff? I mean, it could have been last year, if you really think about it. Didn't have a really good year after signing a $5 million contract in New Jersey. Found his way with a one-way ticket out to Buffalo, who didn't even end up making the playoffs. And then was forced to sign a $1.5 million deal here in Toronto. Um, but you know what? I I have optimism that this is going to turn out to be a pretty good signing. And, you know, it was the first one of Free Agent Frenzy, the one that they announced. And it's a good deal. It really is. Um and like I said, 10 to 15 goals. That's that's all I am expecting of him. For those who are expecting him to come in, be a 20-goal scorer, maybe play some top six minutes, 
and get an opportunity, you're going to be disappointed. You really are. He may not even be a third liner. He may be a guy who they plug in on the fourth line. I wouldn't be surprised about that either. Or at some point, he ends up on the fourth line. Only playing, you know, 11 minutes or so a night. I could totally see it. And at $1.5 million, makes sense as well. Uh, another guy who they signed a couple of nights ago, Jimmy VC, $900,000 contract, one-way deal. He's another one of those players who are going to be battling for a bottom six role with this team. And he's a guy who Toronto has had an eye on for a while. Keep in mind, when he came out of Harvard, he was a very highly sought-after college free agent who opted to go with the New York Rangers. But the Leafs were kind of the finalists, I would say. Maybe the, we thought that the, that the Leafs were front-runners for a while. And uh, lo and behold, he ended up signing with New York and, and had a, a decent, decent career. I mean, he, he never turned out to be the top six power forward phenom that we thought he was going to be. But he turned out to be a, a decent player. He's, a, he's an NHLer. He's an NHL body, <laughs> essentially. And that's what he's going to come here and do in Toronto. Is he guaranteed to spawn the lineup? I don't think so. He has a good chance to make the make a, a, a spot in the lineup. Like for me, I think Jimmy VC, a big reason why they're rolling the dice on him is because of who they actually have on their team. Alex Kerfoot. Which leads me to believe that Kerfoot's not going anywhere, by the way. Uh, if they're signing a guy like VC, because and, and you may be thinking to yourself, what does VC and Kerfoot have to do with each other? Well, they played together at Harvard University back when both VC and Kerfoot were considered uh, tremendous prospects coming out of the college ranks. They played well together. And I assume that they'll get an opportunity to play together once again here in Toronto. Maybe stick Wayne Simmons on that right wing, and then there's your third line, BC, Kerfoot, and Simmons. Now how that stacks up next to, you know, Janssen, Kerfoot, and Kapanen, on paper, it may seem like they're not going to be as good or as talented, but I think they could be as effective because I think they could be deployed in a better role, more of a defensive shutdown type role. So I'm excited to see what what these guys can do. I'm excited to see if Jimmy VC can kind of rekindle that flame with Kerfoot and be a decent piece because he's a player who I, you know what, he could score upwards of you know, 15 to 20 goals. I could totally see it happening. Uh, Travis Boyd, centerman, don't know much about him, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> but at $700,000, again, just a depth signing, He's going to come in, and he's just going to compete. That's all he's here to do. He's here to compete and uh, push, and maybe he can surprise some guys. You know, maybe he could surprise us and become a uh, become a, a stalwart on the fourth line there as, as the fourth line center. Maybe he's just here to push uh, Pierre Engvall. Or maybe Pierre Engvall is on his way out of Toronto. You never know. He's making what? 1.2 million? 1.25. With a team in such a cap crunch, that might not be, uh, they may not be able to afford to pay their fourth liners that type of money. But I don't think so. I, th- I think that he'll be, he'll be around and Boyd is really just insurance. Um, let's talk about uh, the kid that they signed. 
the RFA, Joey Anderson. Young cat, 22 years old, an RFA. They flipped him for Andres Janssen, essentially a cap dump. But you know what? I think that Joey Anderson can be a right winger with this team. You know, former third-round pick, 5'11", 190 pounds, plays a little bit of a heavier game. Uh, you know, he's been up and down between the NHL and the AHL the last couple seasons. But, I mean, 13 points through 52 games in the NHL, not too shabby. Had 34 points in 44 games in the AHL last season, 15 goals. So I don't expect him to be a goal scorer by any means, especially if he's going to be getting fourth-line minutes. But he's a guy who can play serviceable NHL minutes on the fourth line, and he's just going to compete, right? Like, I think that's what the the Leafs are looking to do, just depth. Injuries are going to occur, and they want to make sure that they're ready with enough depth and... uh, and he's a guy who's, again, a little heavy, got a little bit of size to him, a little bit of toughness, nastiness, tougher to play against. That was what they were going into the offseason trying to do, and I think that they did that with the additions of Wayne Simmons, Jimmy VC, Travis Boyd, bringing in Joey Anderson, you know, brought in TJ Brody, Zach Bogosian, all these guys, toughness. That's what they brought in, toughness. What else needs to be done this offseason, though, for the Maple Leafs? Well, I'll tell you after this. Welcome back to the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano still with you. Check me out on Twitter. I'm Mickey underscore Canuck. Uh, All right. What do the Maple Leafs still need to do this offseason? Well, I think they've got... Two things that they definitely have to do. Uh, one is they got to re-sign Ilya Mikheyev. And I believe I read somewhere that there is, uh, I believe it was TSN's Darren Dreger said that there was kind of a, uh, a contract for Mikheyev stuck and tucked away in a drawer somewhere for between $1.25 to $1.5 million on a one-year deal, uh, which for a guy you plan on playing in your top six, heck yeah. That's a great, great contract. And he's someone that I have not soured on yet. I've heard a lot of people start to sour on him and maybe consider him to be more of a third liner and and people want to prop Robertson all the way up into the top six on a line with Marner and uh, and, and Tavares. But I'm I'm not so sure I want to do that just yet. Keep in mind, yeah, Mikheyev didn't have the greatest playoffs, but remember how well he was playing before he got injured. And it was his first games in months, 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 months. So I think that Mikheyev can definitely be a stud. Um, certainly he can be a top six guy for the Leafs and at one and a half million dollars. Those are the type of bargain deals that, that Toronto needs to be quite honest with you. So that contract needs to get signed and, and kind of done with, uh, we'll see when that ends up happening. If it's already tucked away into a drawer, I, I'm not worried about it. I believe that it'll happen, but, uh, it's something that, that still needs to be done. And Travis Dermott. I got into a little bit yesterday with Dave Morsudi uh, from Sportsnet. We were chatting, and I I spoke with a friend of the show, Brandon Cameron, as well, more today. And the more I think about it, one of Dermot or Hall need to go. I I don't know which one, but one of them will not be with this team come opening night. I don't believe so, at least. That's my prediction. That's my hot take. One of those two are going to be gone by opening night. Now... The, there's pros and cons to each. Justin Hall probably doesn't have the ceiling that a guy like Travis Dermott has, and he kind of is what he is at this point. 
I think he's, what, 26 or 27 years old. Like, he is what he is. He's probably a, he's a third-parent defenseman who you can play with Muzzin that we know in a top-four role and get away with it. But if Muzzin goes down, he's not a guy who you feel comfortable with as your shutdown parent defenseman. We, we saw that in the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that I feel comfortable with Travis Dermott either, but he's still younger at, what, 23 years old? He could grow into a role like that. And he might be able to to pick his game up defensively. But the biggest issue that I have, above all else, and and I know that a lot of people don't think that the lefty-righty thing is a big issue, but it, it kind of is. And yes, although Dermot can play the right side, although TJ Brody can play the right side, although Miko Lettinen can play the right side, I still would like to have a couple of options of naturally right-handed players to choose from, to play in the lineup. Zach Bogosian, naturally right-hand shot. He's probably got himself a, a spot solidified as you know a third-pair right-shot defenseman, I would assume. But if you get rid of Justin Hall, now that is your only right-hand shot you have on the lineup. in the lineup. I don't know if I'm willing to do that. And you might be able to get something for a guy like Travis Dermott, whether it's a, a decent draft pick, whether it's a second or third round pick. You know, you might be able to get a, a, a prospect. Potentially, you can get yourself a guy who you could play in your bottom six, which I'll get to in a second. Another thing I think they need to do. But when it comes to the RFAs with McKayev and Dermott, well, they got to sign McKayev for sure. And then they got to figure out what they want to do with Dermott. He doesn't have our rights, so he's not going to be expensive. He's going to be rather cheap. So I'm not I'm not really that worried about what the contract is going to look like and about them not being able to afford him. It's more so just the fact that this lineup, now that they have nine NHL defensemen going into next season, if you include Timothy Lilligren, like someone's got to go, and majority of them are left-handed. So I think Dermott may be the odd man out. And he's still young enough and there's still some potential. And, you know, as a guy who went in the second round a couple of years ago and was considered a, a, a good pick at that point, there's got to be GMs around the league that would love to take a flyer on this kid. Get him into the organization and on a cheap deal and see what he can do. But I think one of those two are going are to be gone. Uh, one of the other things that I think needs to be done, I think there still needs to be a top nine addition. We've talked about a bunch of guys who could play in the fourth line. You know, BC, Boyd, Anderson. We discussed Jumbo, uh, Joe Thornton potentially getting signed by the Maple Leafs. That would be another option. Uh, you know, you already got Spezza in the fold. You've got Pierre Engvall in the fold. You've got a bunch of guys who are kind of in the fold as that fourth line guy. But there's still somewhat of a question mark within the middle six. You know, is Mikheyev really a a second-line player? I believe he is. And if he is, maybe you beef up, you know, you get yourself a guy who you could kind of slide up if need be. And yeah, you could say Kerfoot could be that player. But I feel like I would rather go out and solidify another middle six player. Uh, Maybe a guy like Eric Halla. And 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 have him be kind of your your third your third line center, 
Carl Soderberg could potentially be that guy. And maybe you end up moving Kerfoot over to the wing or you move him down to your fourth line. Or you could do a whole bunch of things. Maybe even you move Kerfoot. I don't think it'll happen just because, for some reason, I believe that this this VC and Kerfoot signings are linked to each other. But I just believe that there needs to be another top nine addition here. Because even if if Wayne Simmons doesn't turn out to be able to to carry the load as a third liner, you they need to get somebody else too, right? Like Janssen and Kapanen were luxuries having them on your third line. But now you've got question marks in VC and Simmons who very well are kind of fourth-line guys who you're playing up in the lineup a little bit just because the depth isn't there. So now we've got a whole bunch of fourth-line guys, and I just if, if you start getting injuries to the wings, I feel like the Leafs are going to be a little stuck. Like I, I don't know if I want Wayne Simmons playing top six minutes. Do I want Jimmy VC playing top six minutes? Probably not. You know, I guess you could move Alex Kerfoot up into the wing to play some some top six wing and then get someone else to play center. But, you know, I, I just feel like a top nine addition would help this team a little bit. You know, maybe Anthony Duclair. Potentially uh, uh, and Andreas Athanasiu. You know, there's a couple of guys out there, which I think I'll dive into. Some, some guys who are remaining, I'll dive into it tomorrow, uh, about... You know, guys still available on the open market and that maybe the Leafs could have some interest in. Because I, I don't believe that they're done. You know, I, I believe that they still, whether it's through trade, maybe they make a trade. That's still on the table, right? That Dermot possibility, that could become a trade for a top nine piece. Or Dermot and Kerfoot for a legitimate top nine piece. So I don't think that the Leafs are quite done. The other thing that I was going to say was the third goalie. And I was going to suggest Aaron Dell. And look at that. It happened. So I'm glad that, you know, me and uh, Kyle Dubas are on the same same wavelength here. We'll see if that happens as well with Dermot. Like if Dermot ends up going or or Justin Hall. Guys. Guys. You, you got to come to this podcast on a daily basis to listen to this stuff. Because that means that I know what I'm talking about. I like to think that I know what I'm talking about. But then when I actually see it happen after I say it, then it makes me feel validated. And that's kind of how I felt going into this with the whole uh, with the Aaron Dell signing. Um, so maybe if, if that trade does occur, I'll feel good again. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown These podcasts on all podcast platforms. Receive daily Leafs content. Follow the show on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. That's my Twitter, rather. But you can follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast, where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest news around the entire NHL. I'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Like I said, I think I'm going to take a look at the remaining free agents um, that well, free agents in general, and kind of see where maybe they could link up, uh, and then also see what free agents that the Leafs could be interested in. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leafs.